Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Though we're still far from completely being past COVID, expanding vaccination levels have made it possible to ease many travel restrictions. And along with the increase of heat and humidity, the arrival of increasing number of visitors reminds us that it's summer in Maine. That provides an opportunity to poke around in the Electronic Cottage archives to select some episodes that may still be very relevant whether to visitors from outside of the area or to regular listeners who might have missed them the first time around. So, put your feet up and, we hope, enjoy this Electronic Cottage Encore. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Over the years here at the Electronic Cottage, we've had occasion to quote the great science fiction writer, Arthur C. Clarke, who once observed that, quote, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, end quote. While that may have been true in the days of the Flash Gordon movies of the 1950s, or of Dick Tracy's wristwatch phone, or of the seemingly intelligent robots in Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, or his other fictional writings, Clark's observation may not be as true for us today as it was back then. While those technologies, or even the universe-traveling spaceships in Star Trek or Star Wars movies, seemed almost magical at the time, there's been a shift here in the 21st century. The sort of science fiction movie Minority Report, the action of which supposedly took place in 2054, hit theaters back in 2002. Yet with one exception, the so-called precogs, every technology from that 2054 movie already existed, either commercially or in labs, in 2002. Likewise, the five-part TV series, The Last Enemy, which took place in a near-future Great Britain that had become a surveillance state, posited no technology either digital or biological, that did not exist when it was first broadcast in 2008. And now, in 2020, there's a new novel in which Clark's observation plays almost no role at all, even though a whole lot of technology, which is omnipresent throughout the story, is pretty magical. Though the story, and it is a good story, by the way, is set in the 2050s, none of the technology will seem strange to us. The degree to which it's developed might, but the technological concepts are already part of our world today. The novel is entitled, quote, Burn-In, a novel of the real robotic revolution, end quote. The term burn-in, in this context, refers to the testing and proving period for a new technology or machine in which it's run constantly and consistently for a long period of time with the goal of finding any weaknesses and fixing those weaknesses before the technology is turned loose on the world. In the novel Burn-In, we're not surprised by the role of technology in the story. It doesn't seem magical at all, despite being, in many cases, much more developed than our tech today. But none of it is tech that doesn't exist today at least in labs or test tubes. The authors, P.W. Singer and August Cole, 
neither of whom, by the way, is a practicing scientist or technologist, adds something different and very interesting to this particular science-based story. Here's what they're adding and why in their own words. Quote, Burn-in is a work of fiction. It also wrestles with real issues that will have to be faced in the coming years. Automation, robotics, and ever more capable artificial intelligence are no longer just science fiction. Their ongoing advancement and application across nearly every segment of society will create amazing new possibilities and efficiencies. As we go through what is best understood as a new industrial revolution, however, there will also be political, economic, social, and cultural disruptions and debates, as well as security threats of a scale not experienced for generations, if not ever before. What is worrisome is how poorly understood this all is, both by the public and policymakers. It's not just that too many lack a sense of the scale of change that is to come, but also the ability to visualize it. This is what motivated us to write Burn-In, not just to create new characters and stories, but also to aid broader engagement with the thorny issues related to technology and society that will soon become all too real. In the past, we've explained this approach as a concept of, quote, useful fiction. It also explains those little numbers that popped up in the text as Keegan and Tams, those are characters in the story, went on their journey. They both validate the moment in that moment in the text and credit the writers or researchers whose hard work lay behind it. That is, in this differing approach of a novel woven with real-world research, the following endnotes serve the very same purpose that they would serve in a work of traditional nonfiction to provide a source for the fact or concept being communicated. End quote. That's what's added in this book. And, just to be clear, it's a real page-turner on its own. A reader can ignore the little numbers that correspond to a listing at the back of the book indicating how to find the research or source that the tech referenced in the story. But for those who don't ignore the little numbers, that's a real gold mine for those who don't have time to keep up on the latest digital tech developments in robotics and AI. There are literally hundreds of references. If a reader never looked at one of the references, the novel would still be a great story. If a reader, however, does choose to look at some of the references, the experience will be all the richer, not only for the general public, but we can hope for government officials and policymakers as well. In years past on the Electronic Cottage, we've referenced the article that Bill Joy, you know, the guy who wrote the software that most of the web runs on, wrote in Wired Magazine back in 2000. He asserted that the combination of robotics, genetic engineering, and nanotechnology created a danger to humanity that had never existed before and claimed that there are some things that should not be researched or discovered. Some would assert that that's also true, adding artificial intelligence to that list. But Bill Joy's plea has clearly not been heard. Our best chance to survive as a species and as a society is to understand and control the technology we're creating. Good science fiction these days 
is not so much made up of century-forward leaps in technology as it is in creating and imagining how the tech of today and of next year or the next decade is going to affect our daily lives and those of our children and grandchildren. Perhaps Lieutenant General Edward Gordon, the retired former commander of the Army Cyber Command, put it well in one of the blurbs on the jacket of Burnin. Quote, This suspenseful, forward-looking novel prophesizes titanic disruptions soon to come from the marriage of humanity and technology, both heartening and terrifying, sometimes at the same time. End quote. We'll do our best to keep on looking, both in tech journals and in new fiction, for the heartening and, when necessary, for the terrifying aspects of current and future technology, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. <laughs>